Welcome to Ecology Matters, a podcast from the Ecological Society of Australia, featuring ecologists from all over the country. The, the biodiversity in this part of the world is just incredible. It's, it's not just ice and snow, it's teeming with life on the coast. I see that and I say, okay, well, that's a great opportunity to study, to study it more. Looking at those sites gives you a sense of joy and, and hope. Love being around, it's incredible. It's just, yeah, it's a, it's a really awesome program and it's just so healing, like, for our whole community. It's the beauty of ecology is that it's so interconnected. Yeah, it's been really exciting, actually. This episode, we're travelling to the beautiful south coast of Western Australia. Dr Jen Lavers and Ranger Haley Graham work with the Jularak Native Title Aboriginal Corporation to understand and protect the delicate ecosystems of the region. They joined Ecology Matters to talk about their efforts to restore seabird colonies on some of their offshore islands and the importance of cultural burning to these species. Hayley, are you able to tell me across those years that you've been working with the rangers, what what sort of work are you, do you enjoy the most? Well, I've always had a connection to the islands. I've always had that. So I've been to um, quite a few islands now around Esperance. So my favourite but scariest would have been Figure of Eight, that's the first time I've actually ever came across a death adder, which was very close to me, closer than I thought it was. It's magical and spiritual, it's, like, it's a bit of a thrill, so I've come across those death adders first time, so that's very scary and it's a bit of a thrill, but I love going back there, um, where I sort of, the answer, my ancestors sort of came from one of the islands, so we've actually got a story about the Boxer Islands, sort of. Um, passed down. I don't know the whole story, but I know bits of it and feel like a connection there. Yeah, so, how to explain it? So, once I get on there, it just feels magical, yeah. So, it's the spirit you can feel like, yeah, the um, country sort of talking to you. Like, it feels good walking there, but um, our own sort of rules and stuff that we do once we go to them. So, love being arranged. It's just, yeah, it's fulfilling. It's, um, yeah. Mindfulness as well as being out on country protecting it, so proud of what we're doing now. And Jen, could you just explain a bit about your background and how you came to be working with the Rangers? Uh, I've been working with Dalyarog in a, I don't know the unofficial capacity, but almost like a fly-in, fly-out for about five or six years now. So coming out and having the iron privilege to work on the islands with the team. Um, but it was only maybe a couple of weeks a year. And increasingly over time, it became apparent that that really just wasn't enough for me, or I think for the team, there was just a real big push to do more in the sea country space. Um, but also I was just increasingly drawn to this beautiful part of the world. And we know so little about um, the, the variety of species that exist on these spectacular islands. There's 105 islands plus hundreds of other islets and rocky outcomes and things and if you ask me what are on some of those islands from a seabird perspective or even a land bird perspective um, sometimes I would have to shrug my shoulders and say we don't always know the answer to that question so the opportunity to work side by side in partnership with the rangers and get out onto sea country and explore and describe um, was just a it's, a it's a remarkable opportunity and I'm so honored and thrilled to now be permanently based here supporting this incredible work and working with amazing people 
like Haley. And in terms of the work that you're doing out on the islands, the cultural burning that you're doing out there, are you are you able to describe why that's important, that, that activity? Important was uh, for the um, habitats, for the stream water habitats on these islands. So um, it's important so we do um, collaborating with um, some of the Tatterdy guys um, so they do a lot of the cultural booms over in Tasmania so they're doing some exchange, cultural exchange so a lot of it's um, but the burning is important for these birds so that's some of the reason why I went out there they're actually because of the lightning strikes so what's the um, lightning strikes on these islands it's pretty much the fuel that's on the island caused by the vegetation that pretty much can wipe out any species that are sort of on there. So like on the figure of eight, there was a lightning strike on there and uh, pretty much wipe out a colony of mess there. And we've been going back. We haven't really seen much life back there yet. I mean, we've got some good hope that we've actually found another species on the island, so it's even good. You were saying that it, it wipes out the habitat for the um, for the shearwater. When yeah. when you're going back, are you um, looking for for burrows for the shearwater and looking for for um, new chicks? Are you? Yes. So every time we go into islands, it's very fragile. And so um, when we're walking with after the fire, like to a bit of finger of bait, because the vegetation will burn and the structure for the burrows wasn't solid um, wood for it. So just even stepping on islands, we collapsed a few. Um, barriers and it's also important for the culture merge so it keeps that structure and solid for the barriers so when people do go on islands and even though they shouldn't be going on there but to keep them safe I suppose. And if you're if you're checking burrows I'm assuming you're having to um, risk <laughs> coming yeah. across more of those death adders and other snakes. Yeah so also in the figure of eight we got on the top of the bridge um, actually came across a two tiger snakes. I was a bit scared then. I didn't want to put my hand down that burrow, but um, so I got over it and got a bit excited and wanted to know what the issue was. So I didn't actually see one until we actually got on that island. A good feeling just um, holding one of those um, shearwaters in hands. And um, is it just figure of eight island that you're looking at the shearwaters, or is it other islands as well that you're you're doing your seabird research on? So we're doing on quite a few of the islands. So Jen never had a chance to come with us. It's Door Island. It's one of the last little islands in the archipelago to the east of the um, Esperance. Um, we've probably gone to a box there. But um, like with box around, I would really like to go on that one. The connection to the island. Um, it's like a, yeah. Get that feeling what it would be like to walk on island. My family's told me um, great great grandfather's come from. Is it the middle island that the Gilbert's Potteroo is has been found on and is breeding? Are you working with that program? Yes, I've actually uh, I'm usually the one that goes out and maintain and monitor um go and check out the sort out the SD cards from the island. So also had an opportunity to pen more on the island. So there's quite a few areas um, covered around there. So went back there um, again uh, next time and 
actually got some good footage of some baby um, potteries or just so some good soil. Do you find the snakes on Middle Island as well? Is that something that Gilbert's Potteroo is having to deal with as it's trying to rebuild its numbers? Um, really, it's not. I think it's only really the copperhead snakes really dangerous, but not really that dangerous. Sometimes I haven't really come across them, but I'm qualified snake handler now. In terms of other threats to not just seabirds, but the wildlife on on the islands, you know, I know it's a very broad question, but what sort of other threats to wildlife are the rangers managing? Um, microplastics is another impact as well. So all those small microplastics all, all sort of deteriorate and all end up onto the beach and um, seabirds and fish are digesting them and we've been doing some fish ecology with a tumulary actually catching the rim, measuring them, cutting them open, just checking what's in the um, contents of their stomachs. And we have actually found little microplastics in them. And also the shear waters, they sort of tend to eat those as well. So it's not a good feeling when you're dissecting them and you find all these small microplastics in there. What, what sort of plastics are they? What sort of items? Yeah, I mean, it's pretty overwhelming. Here we got we write almost everywhere we look, we're finding it on the beaches, uh, in birds. So we picked up just two bird samples the other day, and sure enough, right away, there were plastics. Um, so, so far, we're looking at plastics you can see with the naked eye. So it's microplastic fragments. So we have no idea what they originally came from. Could have been a shampoo bottle or a laundry basket or really anything that made its way out into the ocean and then fragmented up. We also are starting to see a lot around the Esperance region um, and also broadly around Western Australia and Australia as a whole in the world. Um, these things called nurdles or resin pellets. So it kind of looks a little bit like a rice grain, except it's round. And this is actually how we ship plastic around the world is in this pellet form. And if you can imagine us shipping rice or wheat or corn or really any grain, there's leakages at each point in the transport system. So the, the train car to the ship and so on. So same thing when you ship plastic pellet form, you get these leakages. And so we have many, many millions of these pellets in our oceans already. And they look a lot like fish eggs. So they turn up in a lot of our marine species. And so that's part of what we're looking for um, here. And over the next year or so, a couple of years, we're also going to be expanding that work to look for the even smaller plastics, stuff you can't see with the naked eye, what we call nanoplastics. So we have to stay tuned for that. We don't have any data yet. We will soon. Jen, I know that's your um, large part of your background is looking at marine debris and seabirds. Is it true that you have a particular interest in islands, this this issue on islands? And and why is that? Why are islands such a point of interest for you? Yeah, islands are really a big passion point for me. Um, for a long time, I used to say that islands were kind of um, as a scientist and, and wanting to run experiments, they're kind of the control site. When you run an experiment, you have you know, your animal or your site where you, you run your treatment, you expose the animal or something like that. And then you have a control site tucked neatly away where you kind of um, prevent the animal or the habitat from being exposed to whatever that change or that pressure is. And so when it came to 
plastics and other pressures, islands were these little oases, these refuge out there in the vast blue ocean that were less under pressure. And that's still very much the case. But I do have to say that over you know, the last 10 years or so that I've been doing this work, we are seeing increasing amounts of pressure on our offshore islands. Even the most remote, far-flung ones are seeing plastic impacts and other impacts on those places. So islands are still passion, and they still play a really important role in understanding how things are changing and how much pressure is taking place. But we do need to be mindful of how much pressure we're putting on the remotest of the remote places on our planet. Hayley, how do, how do you feel about that, you know, considering the problem seems to be increasing and what would you like people to do about it? I suppose the thing we can do is keep trying to educate the wider community um, how important it is not to litter and to put the rubbish away have to care for the cancer because we have only got one cancer and it's gone off the storm. Ecology Matters is a podcast by the Ecological Society of Australia, a not-for-profit organisation supporting ecologists and ecological science in Australia. We acknowledge the traditional owners and custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. To learn more about our work, follow us on social media, visit our website or sign up to our newsletter. You can find links to these in the show notes. The theme music is Glow by Scott Buckley. Lastly, thank you to all the ecologists who have taken part in this series and shared their perspectives on why ecology matters.